0: To awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong.
1: Hello, and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I'm delighted to welcome to the show Jeff Volk, who is an expert on cymatics. And many of you may not be particularly familiar with the term cymatics. And it really fills, I, I believe, a, a, a gap, a space in our understanding of how our world fits together and the natural world and how we relate together, sound, vibration, and uh, how form comes into being. And I'm delighted to have Jeff uh, with us because he can unravel the mystery and, 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 for many of us, help fill a space in our understanding of, of how all of this works. So, Jeff, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you, Peter.
1: So perhaps you could begin by actually giving us a, a, a clear explanation of what cymatics actually is and, and perhaps a little bit of the historical development.
2: Well, cymatics is the study of sound phenomena and vibration, or wave phenomena and vibration more accurately. It, uh, it was a term that was coined by a Swiss medical doctor and scientist, Hans Jenny, back in the late 50s, early 60s of the last century. And it is from the Greek, kymatik, K-Y-M-A-T-I-K, which simply means um, pertaining to waves, wave phenomena. So it is a study of wave phenomena and vibration that's quite vast, actually. It can uh, pertain to physics, where you're actually seeing nodal points and shapes and forms that are created by standing waves from audio, audible phenomena and it can extend off into much more metaphysical and, um, well, the implications are vast. Yanni actually said, when one's eye is open to the cymatic phenomena, you can see it everywhere.
1: That's a pretty profound statement.
2: (laughs) Well, it is, and for someone who was a medical doctor, who was an anthroposophist, who had studied embryology, cytology, which is cell development, Orology, how waves move through the earth, um, biography, history, um, astronomy, uh, you name it, he studied it. And he was a real Renaissance man. And he basically recognized this pattern of oscillation, pulsation, um, periodicity is the way he, he used the term periodicity, something that's periodic. It's just implicit in everything in the universe. Everything's always oscillating, always vibrating.
1: Suppose you could be, begin the, the uh, discussion for our listeners who may not know much about this of how this works in, in, a, in a very practical sense.
2: You mean in a, in a sort of physics sense?
1: How you actually? No, more in terms of, of what you do and how you see what you what the mediums are and all those sorts of pieces.
2: Yes. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> um, this uh, it actually goes back quite a ways. Um, to the work of Ernst Florence Claudney back in the oh, late 17, early 1800s, he spread sand on a glass plate and bowed it with a violin bow. And while doing so, the sand would migrate to areas on the glass plate that weren't vibrating quite as strongly as other areas. Now, you know that everything is oscillating. Everything's composed of molecules and atoms that have space and, and matter. So there nothing is uniform nothing's going to vibrate uniformly there'll be areas that are denser than other areas that will resonate or carry the vibration more coherently and then there'll be other areas that are much more much less dense so the denser areas are going to be vibrating more than the less dense areas when you add a sound impulse like bowing the edge with the, with the uh, violin bow the powder or sand, whatever you might want to use as an indicator of the vibrational patterns in this material, the powder is going to tend to gravitate away from the areas of increased vibration and come to rest in the nodal points, the nodes or the areas of least vibration. So what happens is the powder becomes an indicator for the nodal pattern of the plate and you get what are sort of appearing to be structures or forms even though the whole time every particle of sand is still vibrating around, oscillating like the little waves within waves that happen in the ocean. But overall, you get a pattern that seems to be static or a standing wave. And that's what you will see. Now, Yenny did these experiments many years later where he could actually use electroacoustic amplification. So he would use an electronic impulse of an audible frequency, put that into a crystal mounted to a steel plate and be able to get a long sustained pattern or a long sustained tone that would create a very coherent standing wave pattern, much more than you could do by just drawing a bow across a plate because that's a very short pulse, a very short impulse. So you could get longer sustained tones creating more coherent patterns and then you could actually play with them, changing the frequency slightly Or the amplitude slightly, and getting them to morph and change from one form to another, coherent forms would be maintained as long as you could find the resonant frequency or a resonant frequency of the plate, sort of like finding
1: the harmonics of a string. Now, one of the the disadvantages we have on on a radio show is we we can't actually see (laughs) some of the visual images that are created, and and. you can please mention your website because I know there are some great uh, photographs and some of the materials uh, in books and DVDs that show these incredibly beautiful formations. But perhaps now you could just try and help us by describing the sorts of formations that that, that are brought about by different frequencies.
2: Yeah, that is kind of funny because one of the things that I always say about what Hans Jenny did was he made the invisible visible, and here we are (laughs) unable (laughs) to see it. But what he did was... well. Basically, our, our brains receive a very large percent of, of total stimulation, sensory stimulation through the ears. could be up to 90% if you consider both the cochlear and the vestibular input, which means the hearing and the balance element of the ear. So a large part of that input comes through sound, and a large part of that is unconscious. The eyes... The optic nerve and the impulse through the eyes, the input through the eyes, can comprise up to 90% of the cognitive input into the sensory system. So, if you, that's a pretty big imbalance. If most of the cognitive input comes in through the eyes, most of the sensory input comes in through the ears, you realize that there is a lot of unconscious material coming in through the ears. So, the Ability to make the invisible visible opens up a portal of understanding at both the cognitive level and also other subtle levels of understanding of the the universal principles that are inherent in cymatics, such as chaos and reintegration. One of the things that you see in, in animating these patterns, and it would be great if you could go to cymaticsource.com and you can get there easily enough just by uh, searching the word Cymatics. C y m a t i c s. That will get you to cymaticsource.com, and then right on—I believe it's right on the home page—you have the ability to bounce to videos and see about half a dozen different videos that I've posted on YouTube, and that will give you an idea of what this looks like in motion, to actually see these patterns emerging from chaos and coming into coherent form. Some of these patterns, like the work of Alexander Lauterwasser, whose book I also published recently in English, Water Sound Images, Lauterwasser translating directly as loud water. sort of interesting, <laughs> given the fact it's that he's really, animating That's really water.
1: interesting. That's his name.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his real name. Um, he's, his work is spectacular because he's created visual analogs of forms found in natures. Nature, found in nature, found throughout nature, such as leopard spots and um, zebra stripes. And the most remarkable stuff is using sand on a steel plate, electroacoustically oscillating it with audible frequencies, he was able to create a perfect visual analog of a tortoise shell with all the unusual geometric patterns that are found in the tortoise shell. So there's a tremendous degree of specificity you can, you can accomplish by... Um, by tweaking the amplitude and the the uh, the volume the uh, the amplitude and the frequency
1: uh, so please I, I do want you to go back now you've mentioned this, uh, this this notion because one of the things i I want the listeners to understand how, is how profoundly this this study of cymatics is to understanding our our own evolution and our own transformation as, as human beings. So a good example of that would be the, the notion of of the chaos of, of moving from one pattern to another and, and the reintegration. So if you could relate that to to us as human beings in this chaotic world today, absolutely, that would be a good way for people to uh, understand how this works.
2: Why don't I start out by just describing how it works with, with inanimate inert substances, and then the uh, the parallel become obvious. If you uh, perfect, if you start out with let's say, sand spread on a steel plate and you begin to impose a vibration on it, you put frequencies through crystals onto the plate and it starts to vibrate the plate, the plate will immediately, the sand pattern, there will be no pattern there. It'll just be a mass of sand strewn on the plate. As you increase the frequency ever so slowly, keeping the amplitude steady, don't increase them both at the same time, just increasing the amplitude, you will gradually begin to see a pattern take shape. And when you become, when you hit the first resonant frequency of the plate, this could be seen as sort of the fundamental of the plate, you will get a very coherent structural form, almost like the skeleton of the plate, where all the sand migrates to the nodal points on the plate and creates a very coherent pattern. And sometimes it's concentric circles, sometimes it's like leopard spots or a, a, a tessellated pattern or a, a woven type of matrix of curved shapes but it'll stay there even though each little individual sand molecule or granule is dancing around like crazy the pattern itself is coherent and seems to be static now of course if you looked really closely you'd see that it's actually serpentine and it's flowing in and around itself in a very complex pattern but it's a coherent standing wave pattern You can look at it, and you can come back again and change the frequency and go back to that previous frequency, and you get almost the exact same pattern. So it's very specific. But the interesting thing in this particular example, as you increase the frequency again, what's going to happen? Well, it goes to chaos very quickly, and it will stay in chaos for a period of time until you hit the next harmonic of that steel plate. And then it will come into another coherent form. But the coherent form of this higher frequency is gonna be more complex and more possibility in it than with the original
1: form. So Jeff, that's a good time to break. We're coming up to our first break right now. So now people have absorbed that piece of information. We'll extend that when we come back after this break. Speed of Tongue for awakening to conscious co-creation.
3: be extraordinary seventh wave network do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life come and join our heart-centered community with peter Tung and sherry chase embrace love abundance integrity and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information.
4: Are you looking to discover who you really are? Do you want to know your true self and your soul purpose? Tune in to Sacred Light Wisdom with your host, SETI Nave. Let SETI be your guide to be self-empowered and learn about the magical arts. SETI's guests are made up of practitioners, teachers, and life-minded people who are interested in more than just going through the motions. You will learn to manifest your dreams when you tune in to Sacred Light Wisdom, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Explore the infinite possibilities of the unknown. Learn about the mysterious and mythical realms through time and space. Realize your inner truth. Tune in to Spirit Walker with Dr. Jeffrey Pierce and co-host Cindy Pierce. Dr. Pierce is a true intuitive. He is legally blind, uses no cards, pendulums, or guides, and has been found to have 97% consistent accuracy based on testing by the United Kingdom Institute of Psychic Sciences Research Center. Listen for topics that others are afraid to address on Spirit Walker, Wednesday at 1 p.m. East, 10 a.m. West on 7th Wave Network.
0: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tung. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to thank one of my sponsors at this point, the nature check out the new range of whole food nutrients for conscious living just by clicking on the banner or going to the naturedoctor.com. I have with me today Jeff Volk, and, and before the break, Jeff was explaining to us the way in which cymatics works and the shift in frequency of sound vibration, shifting the geometric patterns that emerge uh, on the plates that are used. So, Jeff, just please continue with with uh, this piece.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about how, as the frequency increases, the complexity of the standing wave patterns also increases. So you start off with a fairly simple, ter- uh, fairly simple pattern emerging from a low frequency, and the frequency will keep rising steadily, keeping the amplitude the same. And at some point, you'll hit another resonant frequency, and another form will immediately arise out of the chaos of jumbling sand. Now, that form, that figure, is going to be more complex than the original form, the lower frequency. And as you continue on, the frequency continue to rise, you'll go through a chaotic period again, and then a new pattern will emerge at the next resonant frequency, which is even more complex and interrelated than the previous one. So, a couple of things to note here. First of all, The period of chaos between stage one and stage two, and then between stage two and stage three, is continually shortening. It's a harmonic sequence, just like the overtone series is a harmonic series. Um, The interval between the first and the second, then the second and the third, and the third and the fourth coherent form, which are called modes, they're like notes on a string, uh, or overtones in the overtone series that they're an exact same representation. In fact, in Lauterwasser's book, Water Sound Images, he goes and shows the actual notes or modes on a steel plate, where the first one appears, say, at 196 hertz, second one maybe at 400 and something, and then the third one, they get closer and closer together. So the interesting thing is the chaotic periods get shorter and shorter. The structures get more and more complex each time they manifest. But then again, they last for a shorter period of time as well before it moves into the next frequency of chaos. So in our personal lives, we can sort of see a similar kind of pattern that happens here, that our mind, you know, we're in the midst of something that seems chaotic, and our mind takes a snapshot of it and tells us, you're in chaos, that's the way it's going to be forever, there's no hope left. But if we can just sort of ride through it and recognize that there is indeed an ascending frequency in the works. It could be the ascending dove that Peter talks about. That there is something that's objectively measurable, but more, again, subjectively perceivable, that is constantly ascending. Call it evolution. It's just the ability to learn from our experience and to create a level of coherency through understanding and acceptance. So as that grows in us, We can pass through these periods of chaos with the total faith and understanding that there will be another phase of coherency coming up that will give us a new neural network, this greater degree of of interconnectedness and potential, dynamic potential, that, of course, will only last for a little while before it phases into chaos again because the frequency is continuing to ascend. So it's sort of like being comfortable surfing on a bunch of waves that are coming in at a quicker and quicker succession that might toss you for a loop for a while, but you begin to be able to regain your balance ever more quickly and can actually surf these things and have a good time with
1: it. That should be a very reassuring notion for a lot of people who are feeling very chaotic at the moment. Well, you know, you look at things like the big picture, the
2: economy, the political situation, um, you know, the, the state of the planet, you know and they seem to go through these tremendous tumultuous phases but amazingly enough you know we are very resilient as as conscious beings we're also extremely selfish and short-sighted so i don't want to paint too rosy a picture but there is potential there for people who are really more interested in awakening spiritually than they are in extracting every bit of resource out of the material realm because they, the energy is there there's is abundant energy for that It's a matter of where you tune in, to what frequencies we choose to align ourselves.
1: And I know that one of the areas that that you you like to talk about is, is again, the the whole notion of us being victims of our circumstances. Mm. And I know that circumstance is something you like to, to talk about.
2: I actually like to redefine the term true to its original, well, true to its origin. Circumstance. You know, how many of us go throughout our day feeling like we're victims of circumstance? You know, the weather, the economy, how much time we have to get things done. I mean, there's a good one for you. <laughs> a very good one. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly feeling victimized by time, pushed around by these seemingly objective phenomena, which are not objective at all. They're totally subjective. When you're having a good time, you know, you got all the time in the world. But, you know, when, when you're under the gun and stressed out, boy, there's just no time for anything. So, And I don't just say when you're under the gun. <laughs> when I'm under the gun, I know that feeling very well. So, you know, how is it that we can be so driven by circumstance and so ignorant of who it is that is actually driving that circumstance? Well, it has to do with perspective and our point of view and whether we are actually present to have a point of view or whether we're just letting a, a viewpoint that someone has suggested to us Play our uh, play our dominant role without any real discrimination on our own part. So circumstance is is the perfect metaphor for cymatics. Circumstance, that which happens around the stance that one maintains. Now, if you could see a cymatic experiment or a demonstration, you would see that inert matter gets formed gets drawn into a coherent form which looks like something really solid and real by nothing more than vibrations. So there is a frequency and an amplitude that combine to animate inert substance into something, that, and it can be three-dimensional. Yeni worked with, Hans Yeni worked with um, magnetic field and um, ferromagnetic paste that would actually rise up off the surface and get into three dimensions and hold form depending on the different frequencies, sound frequencies, audible sound frequencies that he put through this, this material, this steel plate. So the, um, these experiments, you can see them on the Cymatics Soundscape DVD, um, three-dimensional cymatics experiments, and you can see them in the book, Cymatics, A Study of Wave Phenomena and Vibration. Just fascinating, fascinating stuff. So here it is. There are frequencies that are creating form. So the quality of the vibration determines what shows up. So how might that actually play out in our lives? The quality of the vibration that we entertain, whether it's anxiousness, whether it's assuredness, confidence, or chaos, the quality of the vibration that we maintain at any moment will determine what shows up in our world. Or to quote a spiritual teacher, Sri Gary Olson, The world in which we live is not imposed on us, but by us. So in other words, we're projecting our thoughts and feelings, or better put, we're projecting the energy of our attention, which could be seen as the amplitude in the cymatic experiment. It's the volume. The amplitude of our attention is projected through the lens of our attitudes, our expectations, and what we create then is this hologram of the world according to where we're directing our attention and what we anticipate to find. If we're tense and upset and expecting the gloom and doom and end of the world, well, that's what we're going to find. We are going to actually project our life force through the lens of our preconceptions and project out into the world this beautiful film that will mirror exactly what it is that we are creating through our expectations. So circumstance, that which shows up around the stance
1: that one maintains, and in some very... ways that, that leads us into your views on on twenty twelve, does it not?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a case in point. So many people project out into the future what's going to happen at a certain point, and you know it's it's um, it's very similar to the, the second, third, or fourth coming. You know, whatever the um, the great savior, the messiah, happens to be. Um, has always been projected out into the future. And the same thing with the gloom and doom prophecies of, you know, the end of the world or some sort of terrible tumult or whatever. Well, sure, there's going to be tumults, and there's going to be, you know, new saviors. It's going to it, – they're both going to happen. But to, to expect that something is going to happen is a very strong force. Well, look at the stock market. The whole thing is run off of expectations. There is never – a concrete reason, but always an emotional reason And the stock market fluctuating. You know, something will happen, and it could be very com- concrete, but what amplifies it is the fear factor or the greed factor, trying to make something happen. So we do the same thing constantly. And if you look ahead towards 2012 as, you know, this is going to be the salvation of the world, and all I have to do is wait around for the clock to tick, you know, you're not going to find that things will be terribly different on 2012 than they were, you know, a few days earlier. And also, if you're expecting it to be this tumultuous, catastrophic time that the world will come to an end, well, you may be disappointed, but you also are going to be wasting a lot of time in the interim, being very frazzled and expecting something that may or may not happen. So why not choose to live the moment now with the expectation that the amplitude is going to increase. The frequency is always increasing. Things are getting quicker. The pace is picking up. Our, poss- our potential is increasing constantly. So why not have that as our assumption? That yes, the challenges will be there, but our capacities are also un- unbound and unmanifest. So what is the possibility there? Can we use some of our creative energy to begin to... Foster the kind of change that we want to see and maybe with that um, I might have time to uh, well I probably won't maybe when we come back I can start with the poem Firmament of Sound which is sort of a
1: cymatic metaphor in poetry Jeff you're obviously totally tuned in because that is our next break and we will do exactly that we'll come back with with that poem on, on our return this is Peter Tung having a fascinating discussion with Jeff Volk on cymatics back in a couple of minutes
3: to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.
4: We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Wondering what the heck is going on on planet Earth? Feeling time speeding up, but your energy slowing down? Then there are those strange physical symptoms, sudden life and career shifts, a sense of loss of identity or purpose. As we rapidly move into a new dimension, the old structures are falling away. How will we navigate what is new? After all, the Ascension doesn't come with an instruction manual. Hillary Harris hosts Ascension 360, Navigating the New World Energies, airing live Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Ascension 360, tune in to see how it all turns out.
3: Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network.
0: listening to awakening to conscious co-creation with peter tongue if you have a question for peter or comment on this series please send an email to descending dove at gmail.com that's descending dove at gmail.com now back to our program
1: welcome back to awakening to conscious co-creation with your host peter tongue i want to mention at this point my heart-centered journey the Um, Website on the banner of the current show on my host page, which is also my work in uh, partnership with Sherry Chase. We do a uh, live teleclass every two weeks on a Thursday evening at 5.30. And Sherry has recently been on two back-to-back pilgrimages to the south of France and to Egypt. And last Thursday, she did a wonderful talk on her experiences in Egypt. And appropriately enough, just before Christmas on December 23rd, We'll be talking about her experiences in the south of France in the Magdalene energies of Christ consciousness. So if you are interested in joining My Heart Center Journey, please click on the banner at the top. There is a free month membership where you can access all of the tremendous materials we have there, including the past shows that uh, that we have done. So please do check out MyHeartCenterJourney.com uh, for current uh, work that's going on in the spiritual realms right now which is i think the big advantage of our particular connection through that through that program so now back to jeff volk and jeff i just wanted to ask you uh, the connection between uh, poetry and cymatics before you read one of your poems
2: yeah it's, it's an interesting thing um i've just published a book of poetry a very intimate book of poetry about a uh an intractable relationship, and an ineluctable attraction. And that would seem to not be related to the cold science of physics and resonance and and the like. But, in fact, what isn't related to putting out a frequency and getting a response? Uh, You get the resonance factor in there. You get sympathetic resonance, hopefully. And if not, you get a period of chaos and then uh, perhaps some reintegration as things go along. So, again, what Yeni said, once one's eye is open to the cymatic phenomena, you can see it everywhere. You recognize that everyone is putting out a frequency all the time, and it's not just a coherent frequency. It's a whole range of emotional, psychological, spiritual, and physical frequencies that we're emitting constantly. And some people are attracted to them and some people are repelled by them. And sometimes we're just generally repulsive. But hopefully we have the ability to modulate that and to be proprioceptive to the degree where we can begin to put out the kind of frequencies that we want to put out and be first cause as opposed to reactive. So with that, I wanted to uh, to just recite a poem that I wrote oh, a little while back called The Firmament of Sound. Before there were eyes to see, when a vast darkness still permeated the void, all rested beneath a firmament of sound. I stare into the primal pool, breath ripples the water, and light appears, as if from within, a raiment of pastel profusion, barely the faintest hint of definition." I open myself and eyes appear as if from within so that I might see myself apart from the landscape, a part of the landscape. My original face peering out of the darkness, peering into the void. Without fear, without pain, no sharp edges. No hard places, no borders, nothing to recoil from, no need for protection, no need for rejection, no separation. I raise my voice and behold, I create my own personal playground, a universe of figure, form, and motion arising from my impetuous imagination.
1: The firmament of sound. Wow, thank you. I was still still reflecting then, uh, Jeff, as you were going. That's that's beautiful. So the hidden realms of nature obviously is a piece that comes into this big time in terms of the, the creation and where that all began and came from, as you indicated in the poem.
2: Mm. Yeah, and the hidden realms of creation, whether they're, you know, analogs of forms found in nature, like Alexander Lauterwasser demonstrates so beautifully in water sound images in his book, or whether they're more subtle things, like the creations that arise from our own impetuous imaginations through the marriage of thought, feeling, and imagination. Um, We're creating all the time. Again, the example I gave of the 2012, you know, how we see that as coming forward or just whether we're going to have a good day or not, or what's going to happen the next time you see that person who's been so troublesome to you, you know, or, or what is the story we tell ourselves about our difficult circumstances? Are they bigger than we are? You know, are these things that happen to us for no good reason or just because we're victims? You know, these are, this is our creative energy. This is the, the thoughts and the feelings, the structure and the dynamic that we create through. And it's perfectly mirrored in the cymatic phenomena. You can see it in, in objective science that way and then recognize the beauty of the universal principles and the, extra, the absoluteness of them, how they apply at every level from the micro to the macro and especially at the level of our own personal
4: experience.
1: Jeff, this this show is called Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, so I'd love you to talk a little bit about the awakening process and the transformational process of human beings as we we go through these uh, different frequential shifts as we become more evolved and more complex.
2: Well, that's
1: a very profound question, Peter. That's got a, a
2: lot of a lot of breadth that you can answer it in. But I would answer it using one key word, and that's awareness. And another key word is individual, that it's an individual process. It's not a planetary awakening. It is the process of individuals becoming more aware of who they are and whether they choose to live consciously or through or in reaction to past conditioning. And that is a very, it's an extremely personal decision that's made moment to moment and it can only be made through awareness and through a fierce desire to be attentive to who's who's running the show in any moment and as more people do that there is certainly a planetary effect i won't deny that but expecting the effect to come from without and to be imposed upon one is sort of the welfare state model you know that's not really it's not the entrepreneurial model And I think we're each endowed with tremendous creative capacity to be our own entrepreneurs and to grow our own lives with the same excitement as someone might start a startup company.
1: Just um, talk a little bit about the unconscious reactions that many of us uh, engage in on on a daily basis. (laughs) So people can understand that a little bit.
2: I think you can drop the many out of that. I would (laughs) think that uh, you might say that we all experience or engage in more than we might like? Um, Well, you basically figure that every time one comes into form on the planet, every time you incarnate, you come in as a helpless individual, totally helpless. So at the very least, the first thing that you learn as a helpless individual is that you are absolutely dependent on something, someone else, for your existence and your survival. And that is both true and not true depending on the level you look at it at. Um, so these levels of dependency build up into levels of um, psychological processes that become our limits throughout life. Yeah, I mean, we've all run about adults that are adolescents. They're grown-up adolescents. They're still in a state that they were in when they were in high school. Um, we've, we've come across people, ourselves included, who, when stressed out, Oh, I've got a beautiful line in a poem about the one who sees us most, who sees through us the way we may not like us to be, or whatever it is in moments of unconsciousness. That's not a very poetic way of putting it. But um, it is a beautifully crafted line about how in our moments of unconsciousness, when we're stressed out or when we're just not present, we revert to these levels of infantilism, of dependency, of hoping, praying, praying, that things will be different for us, and we lose that power that comes from mastering our circumstances, from recognizing that we have a creative potential within us that can be actualized. And I'm not saying there's no room for surrender in this. There's tremendous room for surrender. Anytime you fall in love, you're actually surrendering. But the big question is, what do we fall in love with? Do we fall in love with our own egoic, pattern of control, which is based out of fear and that same dependency I was talking about earlier? Or can we fall in love with ourselves, that creative aspect of ourselves, which can actually live in the faith and absolute uh, confidence that things are proceeding exactly the way they need to for our optimal growth? You know, that is a big difference between the two. And it doesn't mean we're going to get what we want. It means we get what we deserve and get what we need. And that's essentially just trusting in the law of karma.
1: And so in terms of that, that awareness um, and living consciously, just talk a little bit about that. We're coming up to our final break very soon. In fact, we, are, we are pretty well are there. Just give me a, a short um, comment upon that level of awareness and living consciously.
2: Well, again, I think it has to do with trust and faith, a deep faith that our life experience draws to us through the process of resonance exactly what it is we're ready to deal with. We don't have to hope towards the future of meeting our soulmate or meeting our master, teacher, or whatever else. We are going to draw whatever it is that we need. In fact, we're doing it right this second. If you happen to tune into this show, this is exactly what you needed to be listening to in this moment to get your next impulse. And maybe your master teacher will show up now because something has been mentioned to you that triggers something that says, hey, I'm not really all I can be. I would really like to actualize that at a higher degree. I'm gonna open myself up
1: for that degree of magic to manifest in my life. Jeff, we're coming up to our final break. Thank you, that was perfect timing. This is Peter Tung with Jeff Bolk talking about cymatics coming into our last segment in two minutes' time.
0: Can you define your talent in six words or less? Are you using your inner resource, intuition? Listening to Joyce Anderson of Conversations With Yourself will work your intuitive muscle to discover your divine skill. Each week, your host, Joyce Anderson, will give you practical exercises to jumpstart your intuition, to live in your talent. From sports, to business, to music, to food, talent is everywhere. Join Joyce and her engaging guests to hear their how-to stories. Tune in to Conversations With Yourself. Thursday mornings at 9 a.m.
3: Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network and ignite your talent. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to myheartcenterjourney.com for more information. Be extraordinary. 7th Wave Network.
0: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong, And I have with me today Jeff Volk, and we're talking about cymatics. And I'm sure you, the listeners, are beginning to realize what a huge area this is and how significant it is. And and there are a few areas we haven't uh, touched on yet that are of significance. But, Jeff, I'd love you to start up the last segment here with with another one of your poems.
2: Well, I would love to start off this last segment with one of my poems. (laughs) This one's called The Density of Destiny, and it's actually one of the poems in my new book, The Ambiguity of Autumn, Poems of Love, Longing, and Transcendence. And this really does weave the cosmic principles of cymatics into the very intensely personal principles of interpersonal relationship, and actually the whole book does, but this poem does in particular. And for those of you who recognize the words density and destiny are actually anagrams of one another, they're just I had spotted that letters. actually yeah. Yeah, same <laughs> letters letter title. <laughs> in a different arrangement. So that. that also, uh, something about reciprocity of relationship as well. It's the same elements but shifted around in a different way just to keep things spicy. So, the density of destiny. These inviolable laws of nature, laws which have been on the books since long before there were books to hold them, such as gravity, for instance, that vague, and subtle force which draws us ever closer to ourselves. Two heavenly bodies enraptured in this labyrinth of attraction and distraction, drawing us ever closer within this vast and nebulous universe filled with the vacancy of insatiable desire amidst the opulence of unimaginable potential. Drawing us ever closer, we approach each other's orbits until we reach a critical mass, a density of being which will no longer tolerate the two of us as separate entities to exist in such a finite space. So how might choosing shape this cosmic interplay? Must we then go careening off into the void, compelled by our own meteoric inertia to pursue the infinite expanse of unfathomable experience? Or dare we assert our will in devotional surrender to that same persistent yearning that draws us in like a black hole, only to unfold our very destinies as stellar dust cast along Andromeda's effusive worlds so that we may reveal in our own graceful movements the majesty of this vastly ordered yet ever-shifting kaleidoscope of form into which we are now peering, through which we'll soon be disappearing.
1: The density of destiny. Thank you, Jeff. The, the ambiguity of autumn. The the book that uh, Jeff has put out is a uh, poems of love, longing, and transcendence. Marvel marvelous collection with some lovely illustrations. So, um, if anybody would like to get that, Jeff, I assume they can do so through your cymaticsource.com website.
2: Yeah, they can order it from their website, from our website. I would also encourage you to try and get it from your local bookstore. Um, if uh, it's distributed through a couple of distributors, Baker and Taylor and New Leaf, and I would love to support local bookstores all over the planet and anyone they can. So um, if you can't get it through your local bookstore, sure, try it through the website, but try them first. The Ambiguity of Autumn, Poems of Love, Longing, and Transcendence, as well as the um, the book by Alexander Lauterwasser, Water Sound Images, Hans Jenny's book on cymatics, and a couple of DVDs, the um Psymatic Soundscapes DVD, which shows the work of Hanjieni, and also one that we hadn't talked about yet, of Sound, Mind, and Body, Music, and Vibrational Healing, which is an award-winning program I produced a number of years back on Sound and Music for Healing.
1: Well, let's just talk about that briefly now, Jeff, the uh, Music and Vibrational Healing. Yeah, it is a vast
2: field, and it's something that, um, well, for six years I put on the first large sound conferences, the International Sound Colloquium. Uh, focusing on the sacred music and uh, and the healing potential of sound. Um, boy, there's so much we can talk about. There are so many different schools of, of sound therapies. But um, there is, I, I almost don't know where to begin. There are just so many different ways we can go there. But uh, just to say that Cymatics provides a very beautiful foundation to support the Well, to make obvious the effect of sound, um, the actual manifest effects of sound on physical matter. So if sound can affect something as dense as physical matter, bringing it into coherence or dissolving it, what kind of effects can it have on our emotional bodies, on our mental bodies, on the way we think and feel? And when we think and feel differently, we can imagine differently and we can create our experience differently. So there are many, many different ways that sound can be used. And that, that video, the DVD of Sound, Mind, and Body, Music and Vibrational Healing, explores many of them from you know the musical perspectives of, say, Jonathan Goldman, Robert Gass, Kay Gardner, uh, many, many other musicians, to the scientific perspective of Deepak Chopra, Rupert Sheldrake, um, Joe Purse, to the... Um, the perspective, the medical perspective of uh, Bernie Siegel is in that program and DeForia Lane at the Case Western Reserve University Hospitals working with uh, children in long-term care and Alzheimer patients here in Massachusetts area and Therese Schroeder-Schieker, who's a harp player, who plays for people who are dying to help them in their transition. So there are so many different points to touch on there. Um, it's just profound. And cymatics itself, there is something called the cymatic therapy device, cymatherapy, which um, utilizes audible frequencies, frequencies within the audible range, projects them into the tissues to bring them back into resonance. So, you know, there are very physical ways, there are very emotional, cognitive, just a wide, wide variety of ways that audible frequencies, things that we hear, uh, can engage us and um, help us to
1: change. So, Jeff, we're actually at the end of the show, and and I'd just like to give you 30 seconds just to do, if you can, a a final wrap-up of what you would like to say in terms of the biggest picture of all. It says uh, universal awareness.
2: Well, I think it's just a matter of taking the blinders off and beginning to see ourselves a part of the landscape as well as apart from the landscape so that we can see the forest for the trees and recognize that we each are the other, just with a new name to quote the last line of my poem, No Matter. The fact of the matter is, there is no matter. In fact, an effect of our on-again, off-again world makes it appear as if I were here, speaking to you as if we were true. And if we had more time, I'd finish that poem.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, Jeff, and and we don't have any time. We are out of time. I really appreciate your time today. And And that's that's an illusion, too. So next week, my guest is Brad Keeney, the Bushman way of tracking God, the first people of the Kalahari. It's the original spirituality of their world, and it's going to be a fascinating show. I hope you'll join me. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook, and have a wonderful week, including the lunar eclipse and the solstice. It's Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.